Good morning. Welcome to Preston Hollow Presbyterian Church and to this service of worship. It is so good to be with you all this morning. There is energy and life in this space. If you are visiting with us for one of the first times, I want to invite you to join us in the atrium after the service so we can greet you and give you a special gift. We are so glad that you are here. If you are worshiping with us by means of the radio or the live stream, we are also glad that you are with us in this space. And if you are here present in the sanctuary, I want to invite you to locate our friendship paths, which are at the ends of your pews, and to sign your name as a sign of your attendance. Uh, and look at the names of those who are worshiping around you so that you can greet them after the service. Uh, we have a couple of things that we want you to know if you're here with us in the sanctuary. In the front of the pew in front of you, you will see a card that has two sides to it. On the first side is a connection card. So if you are new to this church, we'd invite you to fill one of those out so we have a little more information about how to get in touch with you. And on the back, there's a prayer card, and that's for anyone and everyone to use to share a joy or a concern that we can be in prayer with and for you. So please do fill that out and drop it in the offering plate later in the service if you have a prayer request. As we get started today, we have a couple of announcements. As you know, this has been a wonderful summer for fellowship, and uh, we've had a lot of opportunities to get to know one another. We have another one of those opportunities coming up in about a week and a half on Wednesday, July 10th at 6 p.m. Our deacons are sponsoring a fun night of bingo and a potluck. So that sounds like a great time. I will definitely be there. Um, so please bring a dish to share and bring your, your gambling spirit. I don't know, it's not really gambling. <laughs> your, your, your fun spirit, I don't know. There might be prizes, I'm not really sure. I guess Bingo's not really gambling, I don't know. Anyway, you should come. <laughs> this is me butchering announcements. Okay, you're welcome. Uh, but friends, you know, it's, it's so interesting. As we reflect on sacred and ordinary life, the thing we're talking about today is dropping off and picking up. That's such an ordinary part of our day. And I think about the journey that we all make to this place every Sunday. So I want you to think about your journey here today. Maybe someone picked you up. Maybe someone dropped you off here at the door. Maybe you came with a lot of other people in your car. Maybe you came by yourself. But there's something special about the journeys that we make every day, those small journeys to home, to other places to run errands. There's the liminal space that we enter when we are journeying from one place to another. And that's what we're talking about today. Because really, so much of our life is that rhythm of coming and going. And so we're going to talk about what it means to live into those liminal spaces, the drop-offs and pickups. So I hope you'll join me in, in thinking that through the whole service, in our liturgy, in our music, in our preaching, in our scripture. So let us worship a good and holy God.
called to worship. In sleeping and in waking, God, God is present. In eating and in playing, God, God is present. In losing keys, reading a book, and sitting in traffic, God, God is present. As we gather for worship, God, God is present. Let us worship God.
good news of the gospel. We are saved by grace through faith. In Jesus Christ we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. You may be seated, and at this time, I'd like to invite all of our children forward. Come on up. about something that might happen to you every day. Who picks you up from school or drops you off from school or maybe from daycare? Your mom or dad? Yeah, who else? Always your mom. Yeah, who else? Your sister. That's interesting. I didn't know she could drive yet, but very interesting. Oh, she's at your school, so she comes to get you. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, who else picks you up from school or drops you off? Yeah. Always your mom. Yeah. Some. Yeah, sometimes your dad drops you off. So do they ever say anything to you when they drop you off or pick you up? What are some of the things that your parents say to you when they drop you off? Bye. They say bye. Do they ever say, I love you? Have a good day. What about when they pick you up? What are the, some of the things that your parents say when they pick you up? Hi. <laughs> That's a good start. <laughs> what about how was your day? Or what did you learn today? It was how was your day? Or, or did you have fun today? Those are some of the things my mom used to ask me when she picked me up from school. So I want to tell you something really interesting. Did you know that Jesus had two things that he said to his disciples that were very specific so one of them, when he first picked up his disciples, if you will, when he invited them to join him, he said, follow me. 
Can you say that? Follow me. Follow me. That's what Jesus first said to his disciples when he picked them up. And then when he was about to leave them, when he dropped them off to sort of do their own thing, you know what he said? He said, I am always with you. Can you say that? I am always with you. Those are the two things that Jesus said in specific to his disciples. So I want you all to remember that there's a lot of coming and going in our lives, right? We're often getting dropped off or picked up. There's a lot of time that we spend in the car. And in those times of coming and going, of transition in our lives, we can remember two things. The first one is Jesus asks us to follow him. Jesus asks us that we follow him. So in every part of our life, we are following Jesus. And the other thing that Jesus says that's really comforting to me is Jesus says, I am always with you. I hope that's comforting to you too. Jesus says, I am always with you. There is nowhere you can go that I am not with you. So that's the good news for today, that we are asked to follow Jesus and that Jesus is always with us. Will you pray with me? Let's pray. Repeat after me. Dear God, Dear God thank, you for thank you for journeys. Thank you for our parents, thank you for our parents. And, our and our children. And for reminding us, and for reminding us. That, you that you are always with us. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for coming up today. You may go back to your seats. Friends, as we prepare to hear scripture read, let us pray. God, who calls us together on this ordinary Sunday, speak to us of extraordinary things. And these familiar words allow us to hear a new word of hope and open our hearts to be amazed, perplexed, and convicted. Amen. It's, a, it's the tradition, it wasn't around when I was a kid, but it's the tradition of taking a photo of your child on their first day of class. Anybody seen these? And then you take the photo of your child on their last day of school, and you can sort of seen, see all the ways that they've grown up over the year. It sort of puts an image right in front of you of a collected a collective year of growth right there on the screen. Though I got to tell you, some of my favorite photos now that we live in the digital age are photos that are now emerging of children on their first day of kindergarten and on their last day of high school, right? And you can see how this little one who was five years old has grown up to be this adult. Though I got to tell you, I've often wondered, I wish the parents would have taken a photo on the first day of kindergarten and then on the last day of high school. And then we can really see how people grow, right? How our hair turns. All right, I won't get into all that. 
The reality is, our lives are, are holy, and they can sometimes feel like they're ordinary. I think the reason that we take those photos is because I think deep down, deep down in our bones, we recognize that all of life is holy, and yet it's sometimes fleeting. We take those photos because we know over the next 180 days of school, our children are going to grow, and we're going to miss it. We're not going to see it happen in small ways. But we want those photos to remind us that it did happen. Uh, our scripture lesson today, um, we're going to read two passages um, about holy transitions in the life and the lives of the disciples. The first um, scripture that we're going to read is when the disciples are called by Jesus. It marks a holy transition in their life. So think of it as the first day of school photo. Listen now for the word of the Lord to all of us this day from Matthew's gospel. As Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him, and he went from there. And he saw two other brothers, uh, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in the boat with their father, Zebedee, mending their nets. And Jesus called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And then we're going to turn to Matthew, the 26th chapter. This is uh, roughly three years after that very first moment. This is a moment of holy transition. While they were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, he broke it. He gave it to the disciples, and he said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will never again drink of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung the hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Remind us, O oh God, that you hover here. You hover in this very sanctuary, just as you hovered over the waters of creation. So we ask that you would create afresh and anew this very morning, that you would reach across the ages and breathe new life into these ancient words, that they would be your word to us here and now. And we pray, O oh God, that you would breathe new life into the words of my mouth and into the meditations of all of our hearts, that all would be acceptable and pleasing to you, O oh God, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. 
so I thought I had planned for everything. I spent the uh, day before and the night before Olivia's first day of daycare packing every item on the list. Extra bottles, check. Extra change of clothes, check. Extra set of extra clothes, check. <laughs> Diapers, wipes, checked. I gotta tell you, it felt like my first day of school. The morning that Olivia was set to go to the early learning center, I was up before the alarm clock. I uh, went in and I got her ready. We took our time getting ready to go to school. I drove super carefully across town. I got into the parking spot. I lifted her up and I walked her in. We were greeted by Miss Lucille, who I talked about last week. Uh, she was the receptionist who was more than a receptionist at the early learning center. She was the chaplain, the therapist, the greeter. She said, oh, good morning, sweet Olivia. Don't you look cute in your new outfit for your first day of school? Olivia was three months old. I held her right in front of Miss Lucille. I was a proud papa. But Miss Lucille could read it all over my face. Oh, Dad, you're going to be okay. <laughs> it's going to be hard. But you're going to be okay. We're going to get you through this. Why don't, I, why don't I walk with you to the classroom where, so you can drop Olivia off? We walked down the long hallway all the way to Olivia's classroom. I was not letting her go. We were greeted warmly by both of Olivia's teachers. And Miss Lucille said, okay, Dad, it's time to hand her over. <laughs> so I did. Olivia went right to them. She didn't shed a tear. <laughs> I, on the other hand, was trying to hold it together. I said my goodbyes. I gave her a hundred kisses and a hundred assurances that I would be back that afternoon to pick her up. And Miss Lucille walked me back down the long hallway and right to the exit, giving me a pep talk the entire way. <laughs> we will feed her. <laughs> She will nap. We're going to read her so many books. She's going to be so happy. And here's the deal, Dad. If we need you, we will call you. They have these things called cell phones, so don't you worry. I did a really good job of holding it together until I got to the car. I opened the door. I got in. I put the key in the ignition, and I lost it. I started crying like a three-month-old Olivia. So I began to drive around the neighborhood on the way to the office, and I, I called Sarah. She answered immediately. She said, did everything okay? Everything go okay at drop-off today? And I said, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it went fine. She said, Matthew, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm okay. She said, wait a second, are you crying? I said, maybe. She said, that is so sweet. I said, do you know what you just made me do? I dropped her off to complete strangers. I mean, they're not strangers, but do we really know them? 
And then Sarah started with the pep talk. It's a great school, Matthew. Lots of people send their kids there. And look, their kids turned out fine. I said, wait a second. You knew this was going to happen, didn't you? This is why you went to work early and made me take her to school on her first day. She said, maybe. I said, you set me up. She said, yeah. I look back on that day and I can laugh about it now. But the truth is that was a big day for our family. It was a big day for us. It was a, it was a, it was a day of transition. It was a seemingly routine drop-off. We've all done it. But it's what I have come to call a holy transition in the life of our family. Because uh, as a family, we took a collective step into the unknown. We uh, walked into a new way of life that would require us to live into a different level, a different kind of, of trust, of faith, of love. Looking back on it, I can see it so clearly now. That was a, a moment of holy transition. Our scripture uh, passage today highlights um, two holy transitions in the life of the disciples. The first one is a transition of what I call a, a, a transition into the possible. It's a, a transition for the disciples in, into a new adventure, a, a new way of life. Jesus comes and finds the disciples going about their ordinary, everyday lives, and Jesus calls them from those lives into a new life, a life of discipleship. And that transition, I have to imagine, was marked by some anxiety, but also a lot of excitement. The disciples don't know what's going to happen next, but they trust it will be good. And so they drop their nets and their lives. They drop their lives as they know it. And they take the first steps into a life of discipleship. It's a holy transition that marks a new journey for them. Our second passage that I read from the 26th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew also marks a holy transition. But it's a, a transition that is marked by grief. You see, this will be uh, the last meal that the disciples will have with Jesus. In fact, it's among the final moments that they will ever have with Christ in bodily form ever again. It's a transition that all of us will face. That is a, a transition in life with someone that we love and care about, walking them, holding their hand as they live their final days. Those moments can be uh, so hard. They can be sad. They can be, uh, they can be difficult. And yet I also want to say those moments can be utterly holy. You know, our lives, all of our lives, are full of these holy transitions. And I believe that we're hardwired to see the holiness in the midst of our lives, especially 
in the big moments. But holy transitions happen all the time in uh, the seemingly small moments of life, like uh, when you do drop your kid off at school for the first day or the hundredth day, or uh, uh, when, when you start your first job, or when you graduate from high school, or when you graduate from college, or when you embark on a marriage, or you go on that first date, or when you lock your office door for the final time, and you take the first steps into retirement, or when you uh, show up at the hospital and you meet your grandchild for the first time, the first time that someone's ever called you grandpa or grandma or papa or nana or whatever they call you, or when you journey the final days at the hospice center with a friend or with a parent. Oh, those are holy transitions. Those are moments that reveal that all of life is holy. You can see it in that moment. As a pastor, uh, you allow me to have a front row seat in your lives. You allow me to see the holiness of so many of your lives. For instance, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, um, I did a wedding here at Preston Hollow. Married Caroline and Trent Stevenson. It was right here in the sanctuary. It was on a Saturday evening. It was beautiful. But you should know that it was the same weekend. Caroline and Trent got married the same weekend that Caroline's parents got married over 30 years prior. Right here in the same sanctuary. It was a moment of holy transition. Julie Livingston sat right there on the front pew, just as her parents had sat there over 30 years before. John walked Caroline down that long aisle. I was standing right there at the end with Trent. When Caroline and John got to me, Trent stood right next to John. And in a seemingly ordinary act, John turned and kissed Caroline on the cheek. He took Trent by the hand and gave him a hug. He pivoted around Caroline's dress just like we had practiced. <laughs> and he sat right next to Julie, his beloved of over 30 years. And Trent's parents sat right here. And we watched Caroline and Trent as they took those first steps into a new way of life, into a new way of living, into marriage. It was a holy transition. Our lives are full of them. Our lives are full of them. Some of them are, are big, momentous occasions like weddings. But some of them are journeys that seem so ordinary that we could skip them like bedtime prayers with your kids or t-ball practice or a study session or the or the weekly phone call that you have with your kids who live all over the country 
But the truth is, some of these holy transitions are journeys that we would never choose for ourselves. You see, the disciples weren't ready to say goodbye to Jesus. They weren't ready to have the last supper with him. The truth of the matter is, we're not ready to say goodbye or to walk with the people that we love toward the end of their lives either. Certainly not ready to walk with them towards the end of their memories. Those seasons can be hard because we love them so much. But I believe even in those seasons and on those journeys, we could see the holiness that has been present. My, uh, I have a friend, Steve Eason. He's also a Presbyterian minister. And Steve's uh, mom had Alzheimer's. And several years ago, Steve and his family made the, the really hard decision that his mom needed extra care. And so when they moved to Charlotte, they moved his mom into the Presbyterian home in Charlotte, Sharon Towers. Uh, the first month that Steve's mom was a resident at Sharon Tower, Steve would visit almost every single day. And every time that he would visit, he noticed that there was, a, there was a man and a woman who would sit out in the hallway. The woman would sit in a wheelchair and the man would pull up a chair and sit right next to her and just hold her hand. It became clear to Steve that the woman had Alzheimer's and the man was there to visit. Every time Steve came to visit his mom, he saw this couple, the man in the chair sitting next to the woman in a wheelchair. They didn't talk. He never saw him say a word. The man always had his hand on her lap, holding her hand. She would be in the wheelchair staring off into space. No eye contact, no conversation, no connection. He would have her hand. Every time he would visit, there they would be. So one day, Steve walked over to him. He had seen him a hundred times. He said, hey, my name is uh, Steve. My mom moved in down the hall a while back, and I, I just got to say, every time I come to visit her, I see you sitting here. It felt weird for me not to at least introduce myself. The man said, well, my name's Bill, and this is Lucy. Steve, we're actually members of uh, your church. You're a Presbyterian minister, aren't you? And Steve said, I am. He said, we're members of your church, uh, but we haven't been to church together in a really, really long time. You see, Lucy, her health declined several years back, and so I'm here every Sunday with her. Steve said, yeah, probably sitting here holding her hand. He said, yeah, I spend a lot of my days sitting here holding my Lucy's hand. Steve said he tried to say something pastoral in that moment. He said, Bill, you know, it must be really hard for you to come here every day knowing that Lucy doesn't remember who you are. Missing a beat, Bill said, yeah, but Steve, I know who she is. I mean, we did say, preacher, in sickness and in health, Till death do us part. Showing up every day for your beloved, even when 
they have long forgotten who you are. Showing up every day to pull a chair next to a wheelchair to simply hold hands and to walk your loved one's final days on this earth, that is a holy transition. It's a holy transition that is beyond any words that we could muster up. A holy transition that reflects a lifetime of holiness and love. Friends, our lives are full of them. Our lives are full of these holy moments that make themselves known in seasons of transition. And they bring us joy. They can guide us in sorrow. So do not miss them. Pay attention to your life. Pay attention to every day of your lives, for that is where holiness is played out. God has woven holiness into the very fabric of creation. God has woven holiness into the very fabric of our lives. So do not miss it. Oh, do not miss it. Let us pray. promise us in the pages of scripture, O God, that there is no place that we could go, not even to the depths of Sheol, that you would not be there, for you have promised us, O God, that your love would never be separate from our lives. Therefore, all of life is holy. We ask that we would have eyes to see it. That we would recognize the very breath we take now as the holy gift that it is. So be with us on this journey of life and faith, O oh God. And awaken us to your spirit. For we do pray in your holy name. Amen. Family of faith, having heard the word read and proclaimed, I invite you now to rise in body or in spirit, and let us affirm our faith together with a declaration of faith. Informing his people and sending them into the world, Jesus called individuals to be disciples. They were to share the joy of his companionship, to understand and obey his teaching to follow him in life and death. We confess that Christians today are called to be disciples. Life shared with Christ and shaped by Christ is God's undeserved gift to each of us. It is also God's demand upon every one of us, never perfectly fulfilled by any of us, forgiven by
we enter into a time of prayer, I want to remind you of one of our practices here at Preston Hollow. We have care letters located just outside of the sanctuary that we send to members of our community who are in need of our prayer with and for them. So we invite you to sign those letters as a sign of your solidarity and prayer with them. I have a few celebrations today. We are in the season of summer trips. And we give thanks today that 13 of our junior high youth and two adults are currently en route to Mo Ranch for the Junior High Jubilee Conference. And several of these youth are rising seventh graders, so we're excited to welcome them into the youth group. We also give thanks for new life, and we celebrate with Sally and Drew Dahlstrom on the birth of their son, William, in May. We also have a few concerns that you can keep in your prayers. We pray for Jane McManus, who fell and fractured her hip and is in the midst of healing and recovery. And we also want to pray for the family of Eileen Rutherford, who died this week. Her service will be at 1 p.m. on Saturday in the chapel, so please do make plans to attend. Let us pray. God of the sacred and the ordinary, we thank you for all that is ordinary, for the rhythm of our days, running errands and dropping off and picking up children, for the small journeys from place to place. We give thanks for the gift of moving our bodies in prayer and praise and exercise. We give thanks for our senses and for the wonders they awaken us to in the world around us. The smell of honeysuckle, the sweet taste of fresh peaches, the warm touch of the sun's early morning beams. God to feel your presence in each moment of our lives and to acknowledge each day as a gift to be cherished, a gift to seek in wonder and in joy. God of the sacred and the ordinary, we are reminded this day that life is full of transitions. So we ask for your presence in all the liminal times and spaces that we find ourselves in. Be present as we welcome new friendships and rekindle old ones. Be present as we prepare to send our children off to college, and as we embark on trips and vacations. Be present as we sit in the holy space of grief, as we prepare to send a loved one into the mystery of death, and as we await endings of all kinds. Be present as we wait and work for a world where all of your children have a safe haven, where all are fed and clothed, and where each person knows their inherent worth. Be present in drop-offs and pickups. God of the sacred and the ordinary, in the small journeys of every day, make your presence known, that we might remember our calling and our commission to be and show love in each moment. And now hear us as we pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Family of God, our 
daily lives consist of small rhythms, drop off, pick up, waking and sleeping, speaking and listening, and another rhythm, giving and receiving. As people who have received God's generous love, let us now also participate in giving back to God. So today you're invited to join us in our last Sunday where our Every Dollar Counts offering, that is those single dollar bills and coins that are given today, will benefit Hope Supply Company, a nonprofit here in Dallas whose mission is to meet the critical needs of families and children who are homeless and in transition. Your gifts will go to supply them with the needs and the, and the tools they need to have a fullness of life here in our community. Friends, let us give to a good and gracious God.
generous God, we have been blessed to receive your gifts, and we are blessed to return a portion to you. We give thanks for the holy rhythm of giving and receiving, so use these gifts to create new life and new opportunity so that all may know your love and care in this world. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. As we go forth from this hour of worship to be the church in the world, may God give us the grace never to sell ourselves short, grace to risk something big for something good, grace to recognize that the world is now too dangerous for anything but truth and far too small for anything but love. So may God take our minds and think through them, and may God take our lips and speak through them, and may God take our hearts, each and every one of them, and set them on fire. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all and guide us in our many, many, many different ways this day and all of our days.